ladies and gentlemen. Aesthetic Soundwaves AS is in association with Ruckus Avenue Radio, hosted by Dash Radio. Please go check them out at www.ruckusavenueradio.com. That's Ruckus spelled R-U-K-U-S. And, like always, proudly supported by Dilla's Delights in downtown Detroit, 242 John R Street. Make sure to go check them out. Look and look them up. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Yes, it's the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O tapioca puddings. Yes, sir. presents The Shadow. With today's thrilling adventure, your blue coal dealers commence a new season and a sensational new series of The Shadow, your favorite mystery drama. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen. That just gave away what this episode is all about, that intro right there. We are getting into that, into The Shadow today, but before we get into that, let's get into some themes. But first and foremost... Welcome. Welcome back to another episode of Aesthetic Soundwaves AS. This is your man, Glass. Thank you for the tune-ins once again, everyone, everywhere. I want to get into these shout-outs first before I go any further today. So, let's, uh, let's get into this real quick. I'm looking at a list of things not to get sidetracked. Mexico. Thank you. Once again, much appreciated. AZ, Arizona. Man, gain love down that way. Oregon. I already knew whom that is and the others out that way. Thank you so much. Keep spraying on that word. Alabama. Jers. What up to my fam out that way? Michigan. And, of course, city of Detroit and the world. I get mad love from those last three mentioned by themselves a lot. Every tune in everywhere so thank you thank you so much much appreciated um folks in all honesty i'm avoiding there's a lot going on right now i don't have to speak about this we know what's going on we can hear the news and to be honest with you if i was to bring up my opinion and all this other material based around it is just another drag down like i said last show I'm not saying stay out of tune, be in tune with 
be in tune with what's going on, but don't get so involved because you could throw yourself into a bad depression, anxiety, whatever. I already said that before. Moral of the story is my main message about what's going on right now, and I already said the last show, I said, it, but be safe, okay, everyone out there or around the world listen to this show, please. Um, a lot's going on. So be safe. Take care of your families. Take care of yourselves. Take care of those who are in need of help that don't have that help. So help others right now. Help yourselves. And we're going to get through this. We got this. Keep your head up. Keep that positivity. Keep that good vibe going. And my goal here on this end of the spectrum is to keep our minds off of what's going on or and or relax so that's what I'm gonna do today and that's what I am here for so no more bringing that up at least for the moment right let's get into this today I wanna give the backdrop um, of what's going on with the show today <laughs> rather so Today, as you already heard, I spoiled it. Spoiler: I'm playing an old Shadow episode. In fact, you know what? I'm going to read today. Read to you uh, what we're going to get into, and I can do my babble babble after that. So I'm going to be playing you um, the Shadow, and the title of this episode was called "Death Stalks the Shadow." It was first aired in January 16 of 1944, wow, some time back. And uh, this comes off a record. I actually have some shadow recordings that I got off other static things and whatnot a while ago, but I wanted to play it off this. It was republished by the Radiola label back in the 1970s, which was a label that took classic dramas and old radio shows and revamped them cool stuff i actually collect a lot of these so um that's what i'm going to be playing and this is actually my way right now of my gift i guess you could say first and foremost uh to uncle herm you know shout out dilla's delights the whole crew and all the support they give right but especially Uncle Herm. Uh, he recently had his birthday uh, about a week ago. And um, I, you know, just due to personal matters, uh, out of town, all that stuff. So uh, just my shout out, late shout out to the man. He, he already knew, I texted him. But a while ago, we were talking about some things and long story made short, he recalls really well and uh, hearing shadow episodes, the shadow episodes when he was a kid off the radio. So, Uncle Herm, this one's for you today. And yeah, so folks, let's just get into this. Let's enjoy this. And you know what? Thank you, Uncle Herm, for everything, man. You're like a mentor to many other people around the world, um, locally, and so forth. And I know I just don't speak for my myself. I speak for many other people. So, in short, thank you. That being said, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this. The Shadow. I'll be back in a second. Mm -hmm. 
Again, Blue Coal Dealers present radio's strangest adventurer, The Shadow. The curtain rises on The Shadow's thrilling adventure in just a moment. But first, may I advise all homeowners who want steadier, more dependable home heating to be sure and order Blue Coal. It's America's finest anthracite, the coal that will ensure you and your family greater heating comfort at less cost. Blue Coal is mined from Pennsylvania's richest anthracite deposits. It's carefully sized, prepared, laboratory tested, and trademarked a harmless blue as your guarantee of its superior quality. Remember, insist on blue coal. Order your supply from your nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow. The Shadow, Lamont Cranston, a man of wealth, a student of science, and a master of other people's minds, devotes his life to righting wrongs, protecting the innocent, and punishing the guilty. Cranston is known to the underworld as the Shadow. Never seen, only heard, his true identity is known only to his constant friend and aide, Margot Lane. Today's story, Death Stalks the Shadow. Mally's in the end cells to Murdoch. Just talk to him through the bars. You're the last visitor you'll see. In cell, right. Hello, Melly. Huh? It's me, kid. Peter Murdoch. Murdoch. Gee, I thought you'd never get here. Come on, pull yourself together, Melly. Yeah, it's easy enough for you to talk. You ain't been sitting here waiting. Every day the chair getting closer. Now, Melly. You're testing the current. Listen. Hear that big dynamo turnover? Coming. They're testing it for me. For me. Shut up. Murdoch. You see the governor? Yeah, I saw him, yes. Well? Oh, say something! There won't be any reprieve, kid. We're licked. We're licked? That's funny, Murdoch. You ain't in here. You ain't gonna sit in that chair. I didn't kill anybody, Melly. Why, you dirty double-crossing rat. Who planned that killing? Who promised I'd never even do time for it? You did! Well, I didn't figure on the shadow, Melly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. The shadow. He caught me. He didn't know I was only doing your dirty work for you. I should have told yeah, him. Yeah, but you didn't. I trusted you. Peter Murdoch, the great lawyer. You said you'd get me off. I can't win all my cases. You didn't even try. Only me to the wolves. So the shadow wouldn't learn the truth about you. Well, it worked, didn't it? Yeah. If I could get through these bars, I'd fix you, Murdoch. Anyhow, I can tell the truth about you. I'll sing so loud. Sing your head off. My reputation is too good. Nobody will believe you. The shadow might believe. Suppose I told the shadow who turned Dan Malley from a decent kid into a killer. Stop dreaming, Malley. This is the death house. Tonight you're walking right through that door down there and you're not coming back. Why, you... Oh, you'd better forget all about the shadow. So long, Malley. Come back here! Come back here! So long, sucker. Hey, Malley. Malley. Any news for you? Yeah. Bad news. Gee, tough luck, kid. Yeah, but I ain't through yet. Before they burn me, there's something I gotta do. God! Hey, God! Where's that tin cup? God! Pipe down! What's the matter, Mally? I want to talk to Commissioner Weston. 
I got to see him right away. What for? He's got to locate somebody for me. Somebody I want to talk to. Well, don't stand there. Get me Commissioner Weston! How did you happen to choose this cafe, Lamont? Well, Margot, this is a place Commissioner Weston showed me, and I... I had hopes the gaiety might stop my thinking. What's bothering you? Today is the 12th, Margot. Young Dan Malley goes to the chair tonight, thanks to the shadow. But Lamont, surely you don't regret the shadows having captured that murderer for the police? No, not exactly. Malley fired the shot, all right, but I've never felt the case was completely solved. I... Oh, well, let's forget that. Oh, Lamont, look, when that waiter started for the kitchen, the door opened without his touching it. Yes. Works by photoelectric ray. Oh, what's that? Look each side of the door, Margot. See those chromium fixtures sticking out of the floor? Lights hidden at the top of them? Yes. There's a beam of light between those two bulbs. When anyone approaches the door, his body breaks that ray. And whenever the ray is broken, the door opens without touching well, how it. How clever. Yes, and convenient. But, Margot, I've sometimes thought it might even prove dangerous to a certain friend of yours. Whom do you mean? The shadow. But I don't understand. The shadow can hide himself from the human eye, Margot. But he has a physical being. And the photoelectric beam could detect his presence. Hush, Lamont. Here comes Commissioner Weston now. Oh, I see. Well, good evening, Commissioner. Oh, Branston, how are you? And you, Miss Lane? Very well, Commissioner Weston. Won't you join us? Thanks, but I think not. I'm rather upset tonight. Well, what's the matter, Commissioner? Well, Miss Lane, have you ever heard of the shadow? The... The shadow. Oh, yes, Margot. You've heard the absurd stories about his great deeds, huh? <laughs> All poppycock, of course. I'd give anything to contact the shadow right this minute. But why? A boy named Dan Malley goes to the electric chair tonight with vital information. The only person he'll talk to is the shadow. It's because I don't know how to find the shadow, I'm beaten. Well, I won't find him here. So if you'll forgive me, I'll run along. Good night. Good night, Commissioner Weston. Good night. Margot, my hunch about Danny's case must be right. Waiter. Yes, sir. Waiter, here's money for my bill. I never mind the change. Thank you, sir. Come, Margot, quick. I'm going to the death house now. As the shadow. Why doesn't he come? Why doesn't he come? Were you waiting for me, Dan Malley? Who's that? Who spoke? The Shadow. The Shadow? There isn't much time, Malley. They're coming after you to take you to the chair. Speak quickly. What have you to say? Plenty. I can't save you, you know. You killed a man, Malley. Yeah, I know. But it wasn't my idea, Shadow. Honest, it wasn't. There was no evidence against anyone else. Yeah, don't I know it. He's too clever for that. Who is too clever? The bird that got me into this. The smart fellow that sold a dumb kid on crime being a good business. His name? Peter Murdoch. Do you know what you're saying, Dan? Murdoch's a famous criminal lawyer. His reputation... His reps are blind. Listen, Pete Murdoch's the biggest crook in this section. He's got a piece of everything. Well, right now he's planning a slum fire that'll kill thousands and net him a million from insurance companies. If you're telling the truth? A man doesn't lie when he's only got a few minutes to live, Mr. Shadow. The job's going to be pulled late this week. I'll investigate it, Dan. If it's true, Peter Murdoch will pay for his crimes. But how can I get proof? That's easy. Now, listen. 
There's a friend of mine named Dopey Jake, down by the wharves, number five South Street. Jake knows enough about Murdoch's latest plan to prove what I said. I'll see him. Yeah, listen. If you can get to the filing cabinet in Murdoch's house, there's records and things, enough to finish him. The shadow promises justice, Dan Malley. That's all I want. They're coming, Dan. Okay. I can take it. Thanks, Shadow. Thanks for coming. Well, Dan, it's time. Yeah. I know, Warden. Unlock the door, Gus. Right, Warden. Well, here goes. Take his arms, Gus. Steady, kid. I ain't scared. I ain't. Not as scared as Murdoch will be. Wait till the shadow gets him. All right, men. Forward. Shadow. Yeah, don't be Jake. They'll fix him. Goodbye, Mally. Come on, kid. Keep your chin up. So long, Mally. And the other prisoners are saying goodbye. So long, boys. We'll be seeing you, Mally. Murdoch. Jake. The shadow. The shadow. <laughs> Hey, what was that about the shadow? The shadow caught Dan Malley. He put him here in the big house. Oh. Hey, do you suppose it hurts much when they pull a switch? Well, we'll find out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny how a nice kid like that gets to be a gunman. Yeah, ain't it? <laughs> the man responsible will answer for that, my friend. Hey. Who said that? The shadow. What the? There it goes. The juice. Ah! Well, Murdoch, like you planned, I got the job of getting Dan Malley out of the hot spot, and he went raving. Yeah, Gus, they usually do. That's right. All sir. right, all right, cut it, chick. Gus, what did Malley say when he was raving? Something about you, Murdoch. He mentioned names? Yeah, Bess. He was yelling something about Dopey Jake and his shadow. The shadow? Seems like he'd been talking to the shadow in the death house. Murdoch, this means the shadow got to Dan Malley. All right, all right. Beat it, Gus. I'm busy. Okay. Hey, Joe. Yeah, boss. Show Gus up. Okay. All right, come on, Gus. This way out. Okay. What? The shadow. The shadow. Malley Blast. Shut up, all of you. Gus didn't see a soul get near to Mally. You fool, a shadow hides from human eyes. Yeah, that's right. He knows about Dopey Jake now. If he should get Dopey to talk... Listen, you half-wits. We've got to beat the shadow. Or lose the juiciest setup a gang ever had in this country. A fire that'll net us a million bucks. But, Murdoch, you can't lay hands on the shadow. But that's just what I'm going to do. But the shadow ain't real. He's kind of a spook. No, he's real enough. He's a man, all right. He can die like any other man. Wait till you see the trap I'm building. But how can you find the shadow? You know, and I know where he can always be found. Where a crime has been committed. Yeah, but there ain't any crime, Murdoch. There's going to be one. A crime that'll set the shadow on my trail. Well, I won't meddle with him. Yeah, leave me out of this, Murdoch. And me. Now, you listen to me, Bess. Chick, and you too, Joe. You're in this, all of you. If anyone tries to rat, I'll put you on the same spot with Dan Malley. I mean it. Well, what do you say? You going to be good? All right, you win. Well, what's this wonderful crime gonna be, Murdoch? A little job down on the waterfront at number five South Street. I want you and Joe to go down there tonight and kill our good friend, Dopey Jake.
The Shadow's adventure continues in just a moment. But first, here's advice every homeowner will profit by following. If you'd like to be sure of maintaining steady, even warmth throughout your home this fall and winter, call your blue coal dealer tomorrow. Lay in a supply of blue coal, America's finest anthracite. Blue coal is mined by the Glen Alden Coal Company from Pennsylvania's richest anthracite deposits. Every carload is carefully sized, prepared, and laboratory tested. Only that coal which comes up to the highest standard is trademarked a harmless blue guaranteeing its superior quality. Blue coal requires less attention. It saves you time and energy, and you'll welcome its steady, dependable, healthful heat that stops quick chilling off of rooms, and so prevents colds and illness in your family. No on and off type fuel can possibly offer you the security and heating economy of blue coal. Remember, Furnaces in this section of the country were designed especially to burn anthracite. And in any of the four popular domestic sizes, egg, pea, chestnut, or stove, you'll get America's finest anthracite when you order blue coal. So plan today to order your supply tomorrow. Your dealer's name is listed in the where to buy it section of your classified telephone directory under the name Blue Coal. South Street. Here's where Dopey Jake lives. Lamont, do you hear that water? Yes. These old empty tenements are built on piles over the river. It's the tide rushing out to sea. This place gives me the creeps. Here. Take my arm, Margot. We've got to go down a dark passageway to the door. And Margot, after we enter the passageway, we mustn't speak. Just go up to the door, and I'll knock. Yes, Lamont. I'm ready. Come. There's no one here. Wait. Lamont, let's get away from here. No, wait. Margot, the door's not locked. I'm going in. I'm going with you. Be left behind. Now. Let me get my flashlight out. Yeah, there. Come on, then. <gasps> Lamont! What is it? Turn your light that way on huh? the floor. There's a man lying there. Oh, yes. Let me get a look at him. Oh, poor old fellow. He lies so still. Yes. There's a knife through his heart. Oh, no. It's pinning a note to his breast. A note, Lamont? What does it say? Let me see. Says, this is our pal, Dopey Jake. Get him to talk to you now, Shadow. Margot, this is Murdoch's challenge to the Shadow, and it must be accepted. I'm going directly to Murdoch as the Shadow. Nearly finished with your wiring job, Steve? Yeah, almost, Mr. Murdoch. Yeah, I hope it works. Oh, don't you worry, Miss Bess. When I get the electric wires connected, 
with this sliding steel door, this room of Mr. Murdoch's is going to be fixed so nobody can get in or out. Good. Say, I've been wondering why you want this arrangement, Mr. Murdoch. What's it for? Well, we call it the lion's cage, Steve. The lion's cage? Mm -hmm. You aren't going to put a lion in it, are you? <laughs> You're kidding. Sure, of course I am. Though we do plan to use the room soon. Uh, by the way, you haven't mentioned this job to anyone, have you? Well, most, sir. You, you said not to, so... Well, I didn't. Hey, how does this steel door work, anyway? Oh, I'll show you, miss. Ready? Uh, yeah. Uh, now, Mr. Murdoch, if you'll have your man outside throw the switch. Best. Step out in the hall and tell Chick to switch on the current. He's in the room next to this. Okay. Chick, turn on the door. Oh, uh, Steve. Yeah? Won't that photoelectric ray be visible to anyone coming down the hall toward the door? Oh, no, not a chance. Uh, the ray is infrared. Uh, invisible. Look for yourself. Yeah, you're right. You can't see the light. Yeah, you understand that the ray goes from one door jam across to the other. Yeah, and anyone crossing the threshold breaks the ray? Yeah, that's right. Uh -huh. And when the ray's broken, the steel door slams shut. Watch. Uh, Mr. Bass, would you mind stepping back into the room for a minute? Sure. What happens if you... Good night, what happened? <laughs> when you came in, you broke the ray and the steel door slammed shut. Yeah, and it locks automatically. Say, I don't like being locked in. I'm going out. Hey, look out. Hey, don't touch that well, door. What's the matter? Well, that door is charged with electricity, man. And if you touched it, you'd been electrocuted. Uh, you see, Bess, I figure even our clever friend, the shadow, will do the first natural thing after we trap him in here. He'll try the door to see if it's locked. I get it. And when he does... When he does, it's goodbye, Shadow. You sure he'll come? When he finds Dopey Jake, he'll be here. Say, Mr. Murdoch, huh? you don't want to fool around with this door, you know. It's dangerous. I don't know who this guy Shadow is, but Young I... man, you talk too much. Yes, doesn't he? Uh, Bess, go over to that panel in the wall. It's open. Yell at Chick in the next room to shut off the current. Okay, man. I don't get the idea of the panel in the wall with the steel screen over it, Mr. Murdoch. Uh, well, don't, don't worry about it. Jake! Shut her off and come in here. Chick coming. Good. That door's heavy. If you hadn't turned off the current, you couldn't have moved it. Uh, Chick, pay off this man like we agreed. Okay. Oh, thanks. Buddy, your bill's gonna be civil. In full. Hey. Hey, put that gun down. What are you doing? This is the payoff, mister. No, no, you can't. Mr. Murdoch, Mr. Murdoch! Good hunting, Chick. You know where to hide the body. Chick. Yeah, my little... Stand by the front door, ready to open it for the shadow. I'm supposed to let him in? Yes, you are, you fool. And if he speaks to you, you know what to do. Pretend to be scared and answer his questions. Yeah, I don't have to pretend. I'm scared, all right. Nobody's ever beat the shadow yet. Well, there's a first time for everything. You sure he'll come? It's getting late. He'll come, all right. Doesn't matter how late it is. We'll be here waiting. Why don't you talk to him? I'm not crazy to talk. Oh, no, I've got to get behind the glass panel in the room next to the lion's cage so I can see what's happening in there. What's that? It's the doorbell, you idiot. Go ahead, peek between the curtains. There's no one out there. Nobody's touching the bell, but it's ringing. Pull yourself together. It's the shadow. Now, you give me a second to get away before you let him in. And remember, watch yourself. I, I don't like this. I get a bit, but here goes. What? What do you want? Who's there? Who is it? Who shut the door? Who is it? <laughs> the shadow. What do you want? I never speak softly. 
Where does Peter Murdoch keep his filing cabinet? Hey. Quick, if you know what's good for you. The, down the hall in that room. In that room. That's Murdoch's private room. Go straight ahead of you. Yes, and I won't stop until I get Murdoch. It worked. That electric ray saw him, all right. Murdoch, we got him. We caught the shadow. Shut up, chicken. Come here. Can you see him, boss? No, but he's in the lion cage, all right. Right in the next room. Only this panel and a steel screen between us. Open the panel, Murdoch. Maybe we can hear him move. All right, Bess. Gee, not a sound. Maybe. Maybe he ain't in there. Oh, yes, he is. Hello, Shadow. Allow me to introduce myself. Peter Murdoch. The one man in the world who's too much for the Shadow. Come on, speak up so I'll know you're there, even if I can't see you. Shadow is here. Getting all ready to beg for mercy? No, Murdoch. You're doomed to disappointment. I warn you. Warn me? You're my prisoner. You can't get away. If you don't believe me, try the door, Shadow. No, Murdoch. I'm sure that it's locked. Well, try it. Why don't you? Go on. You can't be sure. Try it. You're much too anxious to have me touch that door. I don't wish to be electrocuted as young Dan Malley was. Uh, you're smart, Shadow. But I'm smarter. Smart enough to trap and kill you. I'm not dead yet, Murdoch. But you will be very soon. Then before I die, I might at least read the record of your crimes. Dan Malley said they were in this filing cabinet. All right, go on then. Open the cabinet. No wires lead to it, I see. Yes, Murdoch. I think I shall open it. Good Lord. You like what you found, Shadow? Don't be afraid. It's only a body, just a dead body. Who was this man? Murdoch, answer me. Let me see. A young man in overalls. A pair of pliers in his pocket. So, he's the poor devil who wired this room for you. You killed him so as to keep the secret of this death chamber. It is a death chamber. The death chamber of the shadow. Margot Lane, Margot Lane, the shadow calling Margot Lane. Phone Commissioner Weston. Tell him to surround the house of Peter Murdoch. I am held captive there. Hurry, hurry. Gee, Murdoch, this, this looking into an empty room gives me the jitters. You're sure he's still there? Sure, Bess. Now, wait, wait, I'll raise the panel and speak to him. Shadow. Does the time drag? Don't you admire my room? Don't put too much hope in this room of yours, Murdoch. The shadow has escaped from worse places than this. Ah, you talk a lot, Shadow. Yeah, I wish we could see him, Murdoch. We'll see him soon enough. We'll see him dead. We'll be able to see you when you're a stiff, Shadow. What are you planning? You can't shoot what you can't see. No, but we can smoke him out. Are you ready with that gas line, Chick? Joe? Any time you say. This is your finish, Shadow. We're slipping a tube through this panel and feeding you a nice little smoke screen of poison gas. There, Shadow, take a deep breath of this gas. In ten minutes, you'll be dead. Turn the valve, Chick. Give our regards to Dan O'Malley, Shadow. <laughs> when you see him. How do you like it, Shadow? <coughs> Makes you cough, doesn't it? <coughs> but not for long. 
Damn that death panel. Don't tell any of that stuff. All right, watch now. Watch, he'll be dead in ten minutes. Then we'll be able to see just who the shadow was. He's... he's fussing around the corpse. How do you know, Bess? You can't see him. No, but the body of the electrician moved. Chick! That workman didn't have a gun. Nah, Murdoch. I went through his pockets. Nothing left in them but a pair of pliers. Pliers? Yeah, he can't do much with pliers. I wonder... Calm down, Bess. Won't be very long. Murdoch, look. The light in the room went out. He unscrewed the bulb. I don't like that. Ah, oh, you're all scared silly. It's only... <laughs> the... the lights. They're out. Come on, turn off that gas. It's all dark. The current's off. The shadow blew the fuse. He must have used those pliers. That means the steel door's unlocked. That's the steel door opening. He's out. The shadow's out. To the front of the house, quick. Don't let him get away. I can't see in the dark. Come on, come on, everybody in the hall. Hurry. Come on, I'll line up there. Across the front door. But, Mayor... Are you fools? We can't let him slip through our fingers now after we've nearly had him. But we can't see. We can hear. Be quiet now. Everybody listen. I hear something. Murdoch, it's uh, outside the house. Open up, in there. Open up. That isn't a shadow. Open. We're police officers. The cops. We're raiders. Shut up, shut up. Don't let them hear you. <laughs> they can hear me, Murdoch. Smashing the door, Commissioner Weston. They're all here. A shadow? Yes, Murdoch. The shadow. Hurry, Commissioner. All right, man. I'm getting out of here. Come on, run for it. I'll shoot the first one that moves. Hey, Doc, we gotta run. There's a cop. Stay here and I'll bluff it out. You stay yourself. I'm getting out. No, no, you're not. <laughs> Murdoch shot best. Shadow, where are you? Come on, I dare you to show yourself. I'll take that gun, Murdoch. You'll take you. Yeah. My arm, Shadow. Let go of me. <laughs> now stand still. It's all right. You've got my gun. Shoot. Commissioner Weston, these men are criminals. Peter Murdoch, the leader, just murdered a woman lying on the floor. And there's another body down the hall, an electrician. Peter Murdoch, eh? This is a surprise. Well, why didn't you shoot, Shadow? I tried to kill you. Were you afraid to fight back like a man? No, Murdoch. I saved you for the same death that you sent Dan Malley to. Death in the electric chair. You've evaded the law for the longest time, Murdoch. You had a great mind. You were a brilliant lawyer. But for wealth, you threw all that away. Piled crime upon crime. But you went too far. Now you will meet, as must all men, justice. <laughs> Before today's episode comes to an end, here's John Barclay, Blue Coal's heating expert. Thank you, Ken Roberts, and good evening, everyone. Every fall and winter, thousands upon thousands of people burn up money needlessly in heating their homes. They pile on excess coal in their efforts to get satisfactory heating results and never realize that their furnace is to blame for their failure. All too often, the fault lies in the fact that the damper, draft, or grate may not be in proper working order. So this year, why not have a checkup now at the start of the season? Make sure from the beginning that you're going to save money, not waste money. Call your blue coal dealer first thing in the morning. Ask him to send a trained John Barclay serviceman to your home to give your furnace a thorough inspection. And while he's there, 
ask him about Blue Coal's automatic heat regulator. It's a thermostat which opens and closes dampers automatically, maintains a constant temperature in your home, and does away with constant furnace attention. With a Blue Coal heat regulator installed in your home, you'll enjoy far more uniform economical heat than even the most expensive oil burner could give you. Yet it costs but $18.95, plus a small installation charge. Find out for yourself how the Blue Coal heat regulator can more than pay for itself in time and fuel savings for you. Call your Blue Coal dealer tomorrow. I thank you. This has been a dramatized version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow magazine, now on sale at your local newsstand. All the characters and all the places named are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. <laughs> the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, Blue Coal, America's finest anthracite, will again present another thrilling adventure of the shadow. Be sure to listen, and be sure to burn Blue Coal, the solid fuel for solid comfort. Get him, shadow. Get him. That's right. Crime does not pay, ladies and gentlemen. And next time you're doing something, watch out for that guy. So, um, you know what? I don't want to talk too much more. I want to... So, there's something I want to read. Damn it, Glass, why are you reading again? <laughs> um, but, no, no there's, a, there's something last season I think I was wanting to read. I actually went back through the archives and through my old rundowns and even listening, seeing if I read something I wanted to, and I don't believe I did. If I did, I ain't going to apologize to you guys because I think it's interesting. What I'm going to read to you guys, but um, it came out of the same book, and I think that's what's throwing me off. So let me get into this. I want to read you guys a page and a half of something out of a book called The Celts, The People Who Came Out of the Darkness by Gerhard Herm. No coincidence here, just I ironic irony, right? <laughs> anyway, it's, this is uh, pages 238 through 240, um, published by St. Martin's Press out of New York in 1977. I want to read this to you guys, so bear with me for a second. We can guess what form these festivities took, the favorite dish of all Celts being boiled or roast pork. It was served from the left with wine, beer, or mead. The dessert would consist of pastry sweetened with honey. This was hardly a slimming diet, though, of course, the calories would be burned up again in debates, salmon leaps, and all kinds of contests and rough and tumble. The banquets must have been noisy and turbulent, a motley throng in boxes, the crack of breaking bones, witty sallies, laughter, yelling. Then, from time to time, it would go quiet, whereupon the seniors would rise. This, too, was part of the ritual of a warrior society. Men who would gladly undergo the most dangerous adventures for the sake of getting an especially large piece of meat, the hero's portion, comparable to a military decoration, can ultimately have had, had only one criterion of value, 
the honor which is manifested in glory. These warriors wanted to be talked about. This was particularly evident in the address of Ku Shulain, the most celebrated of all heroes of Irish sagas, a druid who prophesied to him in his youth, youth that he would not live long was given the answer, if it makes me famous, a single day of life would be enough. But men could not acquire fame through deeds alone. There had to be people who would report the deeds. Such a need for propaganda would give even young noblemen with no warlike inclinations the chance of succeeding in life. They could join that profession of which Poseidonist successors had already noted that its members were called in Celtic Bardi, roughly translatable as seniors. In reality, the, world, the word denotes those who not only performed stories and songs, but also composed them. In other words, poets. Nor did, nowhere did they enjoy such prestige as in Ireland. There were whole groups. On the one hand, the Bairds who sang and lectured. On the other hand, the Philids. Philids originally meant seer, who also counted as priests and scholars and gradually came to outrank the Druids. Both were trained in schools similar to those of the wise men of the Oak in Old Gaul. In courses lasting from 7 to 12 years, they would be crammed with everything their masters knew. The method of teaching must have been that of question and response, the master singing out the pupils answering in chorus. For there were no written lessons. One was taken through the favorable and unfavorable days of the calendar, the rules according to which a poem should be composed, genealogical data, and of course all the old stories circulating that the public invariably wished to hear again and again in the same traditional form. The whole corpus of knowledge, the whole literature of people were thus stored not in dead archives but in living brain cells. Not much was changed in these practices, even when the Irish, presumably in the 4th century AD, invented the Ogham alphabet. It is not known what Ogham means. This was a primitive script, which contained on a vertical line represented by the means of dashes and dots, 19 of the letters that we use, but it was not suitable for anything other than inscription or simply gravestones or mnemonics, and both the Philids and the Bairds had to rely on their memory. They correspondingly acquired respect. When they rose to tell the old stories to report on heroes still living, the warriors would hang on every word like actors, waiting to learn whether they had performed well or not. Adverse or favorable, criticism for such a source could alone set the seal on or ruin a reputation. Woe betide the prince who failed to reward a senior properly. One who did, proved to, to be tight-fisted, had a poisonous quatrain directed at him. I know him. He'll give you no horse for a poem. He'll give you what his kind allows. Cows. This kind of thing struck home, and noblemen tried to be generous to reward good seniors with at least a horse. The old Irish intellectuals were, moreover, more than just court poets and chroniclers. Interesting. I like that. You know... In essence, you know, they were um, very much like griots, the old school world. You know, they didn't write. They had to memorize everything. And they had to memorize it the same way their uh, teachers taught beforehand and so forth and so on. And that's what makes not just this interesting, but the fact that the 
it wasn't just entertainment. They were used as chroniclers. They were used as people to record the history and pass it on through time to time. And thus, from the sense of the warrior part, that and for the feasts, they were used and were looked at as a high place in society, right? So, my moral here, ladies and gentlemen, is we are kind of that same scenario, especially in these times as of this moment right now, right? So, let us uplift the people. Let us bring the people up. Let us share in chronic, uh, <laughs> chronic. <laughs> let, us, let, let us record these events and make people known what we're doing in the good ways to each other. Not all bad, but in the good to bring each other up, to help each other. That is my message of the day. Thank you very much for listening. Um, uh, so, general info, real quick. Um, you know, I say it all the time. If you want to contact me, a few ways. I do have a Facebook. Type in the show name. You'll see a picture of me. Uh, send me a message there, friend, all that good jazz. And or you can hit me up on my personal email. That is one lowercase word I'm about to say. That's Def Juke, okay? That's D-E-F-J-U-K at yahoo.com. Subject matter, put A-S. That way I know not to delete it. To delete, to delete it just in case it goes spam or whatever. And uh, yeah, I'll be definitely searching for it. I check my emails almost every day, try to at least. Um, so yeah. That's a few ways. And you can also message me and or contact me at the Podbean site, that, uh, the main site that you're probably listening on right now. So, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to get, you know what, no, really quick. Today was a special episode in the sense I wanted to keep a cool vibe. Something bugging me, I ain't going to lie. Next episode, I'm not going to get too heavy, but there's something on my mind. And it needs to be said. So that I'll leave it for next episode in the hanging. It's all good. But um, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I'll leave that for that being. Today I wanna keep it chill. So the uh, I'm gonna end this with another crime caper drama. Fast forward some years into the 1970s. Speaking of. Uh, the devil, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to be playing you a Kojak story from Vinyl Record. Uh, Peter Pan label published this, ironically enough. And the title of this episode is called Five Star Final. Actually, the record it came off of had four detective stories with it also. So, that being said... Let's end off with this today, and I know you folks will enjoy this, and until then, next episode, which is going to be very, very soon, you folks out there, please be safe, take care of yourselves, and I will speak with you next time. Till then, 
This is your man, Glass, signing out. Next wave. your problem. This is all of it. Thanks, boy. And now, because I'm such a nice guy, I'll save you the trouble of telling your boss. What? How? You won't be able to tell anybody. No, please, mister. It'll be on my head. I'll take the rap. Sorry, pal. Believe me, it's for the best. No, stay back. Please. Ah! by the name of Vincent Telesana. His street name was Squirt. Uh -huh. And what did he do to earn a place in heaven? It looks like a textbook holdup. His stand is in a shambles. Guy must have ransacked it looking for more cash. Or dirty books. Uh, this is what, the fifth new stand hit in two weeks? Yeah, but this is the first time anyone bought it. What's the preliminary report on this guy? The assistant in me says he can't be sure, but so far all he can find is a single stab wound in the chest. Is that all? Doc says only one wound. Okay, you finish up here. I'll meet you back at the station. Where are you going? to buy a newspaper. Meanwhile, in another part of town. Come in. Hi, Mr. Muldoon. What have you got for me, Arnie? Oh, big one, Mr. Muldoon. I knocked over that guy on 23rd Street. Squirt Telesana? Yeah, he the one. Well, don't keep me in suspense. The works. Hey, Arnie, you hit the jackpot. There must be a whole day's worth of action here. I thought you would be pleased, Mr. Muldoon. This is great. <laughs> How did you crack them? It wasn't easy. What do you mean? I thought these little corner newsies were like pushing over baby carriages. Well, this guy was holding the bank, so I had to apply some pressure. How much pressure, Arnie? Look, Mr. Muldoon, you're not mixed up in that end of it. What does it matter? That's my overhead. Doesn't cost you anything. We're not in a regular kind of business, Arnie. Uh, whatever you do, I'm responsible for. Accomplices, Arnie. Before the fact, after the fact. You name it, they got a law. It's nothing I can't handle. How much pressure, Arnie? The limit. Arnie, Arnie. I don't know what I'm going to do with you. I can square it, Mr. Muldoon. Honest. Sure you can, Arnie. I uh, just got a little upset. You're a good man. I couldn't afford to lose you. That's good to know. Listen, I treat my people right. Get lost for a couple of days. Here, take this. But it's a thousand bucks. For a job well done. Goodbye, Arnie. So long, Mr. Muldoon. And thanks. 
This is Mr. Muldoon. Arnie Wexler has just left my office. He's become a liability. We no longer need him. Take the appropriate action. Yes, the usual fee. Oh, uh, by the way, here's a thousand dollars of my money. Consider that an advance. A little later, another street corner, another newsstand. Hey, Kojak, what's new? Want the evening edition? Oh, yeah, Maxie, the one with the latest stock prices. I'm a big investor. I never thought you were one for sucker bets, Kojak. <laughs> what other kind are there, Maxie? Search me. Uh-huh. My kingdom for probable cause. You're here about Squirt. Hey, the news travels fast. It's my business. I sell it. I see it happen. So what happened to Squirt Telesana? He got hit, like everybody else. But he got killed, not like everybody else. Some guys choose to fight for a couple of bucks. How about you, Maxie? Would you fight? Depends on the odds. Hey, what odds are you selling today? I don't get you, Kojak. Come on, Maxie, you're talking to me. You guys have been running bets out of your stands for the last 40 years. Why, officer, are you insinuating? Hey, I'm not insinuating. I'm telling you straight out. I got customers, Theo. I gotta go. Maxie, if you hear anything, huh? You'll be the first to know. After how many, baby? Central to car 763K. This is car 763. B1034 on frequency 2. Switching to frequency 2. This is 763 to 1034. Lieutenant, this is Crocker. What is it, Bobby? We got another body. Where? 457 Aesop Street. On my way, 763K. getting to be a volume business. It's one of theirs. Who? A character by the name of Arnie Wexler. Arnie Wexler. Arnie Wexler. The hired muscle behind Nate Muldoon. Hey, this may prove to be enlightening. Got something else for you, Lieutenant. Yeah, well? We found this on Wexler. Oh, thank you, Dr. Watson. Oh, my. What have we here? A six-inch stiletto. Didn't anyone inform this late gentleman that such weapons are illegal in our fair, fun city? Open it up, Lieutenant. Oh, you're full of surprises tonight, Crocker. Well, well, look at this. Bloodstains. You think he could be the guy who knocked off Squirt Talasana? Do we have any other candidates? Get this knife down to the medical examiner's office on the double. Have him tighten, cross-match the blood on this blade with Talasana's. Anything else? Yeah, have Stavros pull the package on Nick Muldoon. Welcome back to the office, Lieutenant. Coffee? Did you make it, Stavros? No. <laughs> Cream and two sugars. Have you got Muldoon's file? On your desk. Come into my parlor, detective. Yes, sir. Look at the kisser on this guy. Nathan Muldoon, age 56. And you have this. Oh, here we go. Policy, numbers, bookmaking. What do you think, Lieutenant? Listen carefully, most devoted servant. These newsies have been running a decent bookmaking scam for years. Nothing big. No competition with the major leagues, but respectable. They make a living. Now, an old pro from the administrative end of the business notices this penny-ante game going on. He sees where. And with a little organization and efficiency, he's got the raw material for a big operation. These hits have been merger offerings. The first newsie to say no was Squirt. But why kill Omni Wexler? Because he broke the routine. You don't go around killing street people like Vinny Colasano. Gives the victimless crime of gambling a bad image. Lieutenant Kojak. Yeah. 
Maxie? When? On my way. Stavros, come with me. Rizzo! Sapastine! Meet us at 34th and 7th Avenue. Maxie's newsstand. A very successful business you have here, Maxie. Tell your wife to keep your hands off me, Moto. Now, now, Maxie, there's no need for violence. All we want to do is help you improve your profit margin. I sell newspapers and magazines. What do I know from profits? Let's not play games, Maxie. I know you run one of the cleanest book operations on the street. You and your fellow news hawkers. What are you talking about? Are you nuts? All I want is a partnership, 50-50. We could be a great help to each other. Listen, Muldoon. Okay, you know all the angles. You think you're pretty smart. Do you know why we make out so well? Why no one touches us? Because we stay small. We don't get in the way of the big boys. They understand we're just out to make a living. So they let us alone. We start expanding and the piece is broken. So it's no deal. Now or ever. Then you're out of the picture. Okay, fellas, put Maxie out of business. Hey, Police! Keep back, or this newsie's had it. Who are you trying to kid, Muldoon? You're not going anyplace, with or without Maxie. I'm warning you. No, I'm warning you. I know what you've been up to on the street. I know your boy Wexler killed Squirt. I also know you had Arnie Wexler killed. You're bluffing. You don't know anything. Whose word are they going to take, Muldoon? I've got you and your strong arms in the middle of an assault rap right now. And with the other two hits, hey, you're bought and paid for. Who says? Listen, stupid. You try to interfere in a big league game. You think they're going to let you get away with that? The only place you can live is in jail. Let him go. Sabastine, Rizzo, cuff those monkeys. All right, you guys, over. Well, Maxie, you saved the business. Thanks for getting here. I called as soon as I saw them coming. I don't know what I would have done without you, Kojak. Hey, who loves you, baby?